Hello, hello. You're listening to Power Banking, the podcast for women who work in male-dominated industries. And I am your host, best-selling author and founder of Zero Gap, Jacqueline Twilly. Let's dig into today's episode. Hello, y'all. Let's get into it. Today, I'm sharing with you my top 10 negotiation mistakes. And the reason why I'm sharing these is because I don't want you to have to make the same mistakes that I've made in negotiation, whether it comes to something personal, a career, business deal, etc. We negotiate in all areas of life and I think I've made enough mistakes for us all. So let me help you out and share with you all of the things that I did wrong so you can avoid making those same mistakes. All right, number one, winging it. Thinking that you can hop in, well, thinking that I could hop in and just shoot from the hip. What happens when I decided to shoot from the hip, I was caught off guard. I didn't have any research done and I ended up looking very silly in the process because there was no way I could dig my way out of just not knowing information. The quickest thing to do is look up a person's LinkedIn profile, the company website, just like you would an interview as a rookie. I did not understand that. So mistake number one, winging it. Number two, sticking to comfortable topics and trying to stay there. Negotiation can sometimes be uncomfortable and part of growing and building that negotiation muscle is starting with easy stuff, but also tackling the hard things. When you don't tackle the hard things, you try to skate around them and get the negotiation over without talking about it, you end up leaving very critical information undiscussed. And if you don't discuss it and you just get a deal, whatever is written at the end of the day is what's there. So you have to be upfront and have those uncomfortable conversations. If you've been listening to listening to this podcast for a while, you know I love Brene Brown. She is so awesome. Well, Brene says, choose discomfort over resentment, which simply means be uncomfortable in the moment. Talk about the money. Talk about the extra time off. Talk about that extra week of vacation, whatever it is, instead of just having that pleasant conversation and kicking yourself in the butt later for not asking for that extra $15,000 or that extra five weeks of vacation. Five weeks might be uh, extreme. Five days of vacation. You get where I'm going with that. Number three, talking too much. So you should listen more than you speak. And for me, when I first learned to negotiate, I thought I was a hot shot. And, oh, I know all of these strategies, and I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say that. And you definitely have to plan what you're going to say. However, if you talk too much, you're not going to be able to listen. And for me, I was not able to hear critical information because my mouth was moving. So I will tell you what I wish someone would have told me. Listen more than you speak. And that means you have to ask good questions, which is our number four. So ask some really insightful questions. Think about the questions that you want to ask that are open-ended. 
Now, open-ended questions are questions that cannot be answered with a yes or no. So that gives you the opportunity to understand more about the other person's interests. Because what you could do is you could be thinking, oh, they think this and they mean that. But in actuality, they might mean something else, which brings us to number five. I'm sorry, number six, making assumptions. Do not make assumptions. I used to do this all the time, especially when I started researching like, oh, yeah, I've done my research. I know this. I know that. Guess what? You don't know anything until you know it for sure. So always confirm by asking questions to get an understanding to make sure you're on the same page. Going back to number five, not asking enough questions, you really want to take the time to prepare your questions in advance. And if you don't have my free negotiation checklist, head over to my website, JacquelineTwilly.com and download that. It's career, it's business, it's personal, covers all of your bases in negotiation, but you definitely need to have a checklist so that you can prepare to ask the right questions. Number seven accepting the first offer that you get. Now you might be saying, all right, Jacqueline, I was with you until this one. What's up with this? Well, the thing is when you get an offer, even if you think it's great, you need to see it in writing. What I've seen happen before is that people will accept an offer verbally and then they get the written offer and they're like, well, wait, wait, wait. And they try to go back and it's awkward and it's so uncomfortable. You put yourself in a better position when you will upfront say, I'm excited. This is exactly what I want. I'm ready to move forward. Let me get everything in writing and follow up with you in two to three days. So what you've done there is you express your enthusiasm. You let them know you want to move forward, but you're also saying, I'm leaving the door open to negotiate here because I need to see what's in writing. All right. Brings us to our next one is walking away if you hear no. So let's say you put a counter offer out or you submit a bid to a client and they say no. I used to think no was all right, roll up, move to the next one. It's not the case. No is a signal to get creative. And so that's when you start thinking out of the box. That's when you go back to those answers, to those open-ended questions and say, okay, they said this and they said that. And really, we both want the same thing here and we both want the same thing there. Now you can get creative and you can go back and you can say, okay, well, how about this? How does this sound? Trust me, no negotiation ends on the first no. Now, number nine. This summer was all about the In My Feelings Challenge, but you cannot be in your feelings negotiating. Keep the facts over the feelings. Plain and simple. Facts over feelings. Meaning, oh, they looked at me funny, so I think this deal is over. Or this email was worded a little weird. Or they got off the phone really quick. No, no, no. Stick to the facts. Stick to the facts of the situation. Ask yourself when you feel emotional, why am I feeling this way? And what actually happened? What's factual? Number 10 is not having a strategy to get things back on track. I've shared this with you all before. I used to be a crier at work. 
like get some negative feedback and it was like Niagara Falls got turned on. Tears would flow. As a professional woman, it was so embarrassing. I had to figure out a way to stop. One of the things that helped me was bringing in a glass of water, well, a bottle of water to every meeting. And in my meetings, I'd sip enough water. When things were getting off the rails, I would say, let's pause for a second. I need to take a restroom break. And I use the same strategy for negotiation. If I'm on the phone with someone, I might pause. I might do a little <coughs> cough. Oh, pardon me for a second. Let me get some water. Give myself a little bit of time to get my thoughts together and get the conversation back on track. So always have a strategy to get things back on track. So let me recap for you my 10 negotiation mistakes that you should definitely avoid. Number one, winging it. Number two, choosing comfortable topics. Number three, talking too much. Number four, not asking enough questions. Number five, did I skip one of these numbers? As I'm going through my list, I think I skipped one. Number five is making assumptions. I did not talk about establishing rapport. So somewhere in my list, my numbers got thrown off. But let me keep going. Number six, accepting the first offer. Number eight, walking away after the first no. Number nine, placing your feelings over the facts, and number 10, no strategy to get things back on track. Somewhere in my list, I left one off. So let's rewind real quick. Whoop. All right. That's my own personal sound effect. So if you're laughing at me, so sorry about that. Failing to establish rapport. So when you're going into a negotiation, you have to do the small talk. Don't be so focused on, oh, these are the things I have to say and I have to get this out and I have to ask this question. I have to listen. You want to establish rapport as well. And that's simply, how are you doing? Talk about pictures that you see in that person's office, something unique if you're meeting in a, a certain space. Establish that rapport before you get down to the nitty gritty. Why? Because people do business with people they like. And that's just the truth. So those are the 10. Sorry about leaving that one off. Good thing I recapped because you all would have hit me up and let me know that I only gave you nine. But let me know if you can resonate with any of these. And if you're not a part of the Power Banking Facebook group, send me an invite on Facebook to be a member of the Power Banking Facebook group because that's where we dis continue the discussion from the podcast. So until next time, keep emulating excellence and eliminating excuses. So since we're talking about negotiation mistakes, I thought I'd share a story with you all that I recently shared on a podcast with Jamilia. And Jamilia is the host of the Masterclass podcast. So this is just a short ex excerpt from my conversation with her. So fast forward, biggest mistake right here. We finally get to a point where we're like, okay, this is what the red lines are. And the person says, well, we need to send this up to the person who was going to sign off in the first place. The entire six months that I had been negotiating this business deal, I was not negotiating with the decision maker. And I, at that point, I knew I had lost. At that point, I knew I had lost the project. 
because all of the rapport, the relationship, the knowledge that I had gained over all of this time was with the wrong person. Um, and a, a person who could not influence the decision maker at the end of the day. And so I ended up walking away from that. It was a lot of money. It was a long-term contract with a very large organization. But I, I learned my lesson. I only made that mistake once. And it was a, a expensive lesson to learn. So from that, I would say, always make sure you're dealing with the decision maker, especially in B2B deals, um, especially very lucrative deals. You want to understand who the decision makers are from day one. And the best way to do that is say who's involved in the decision making process. It's not, you don't have to know no Jedi mind tricks to do that. You just simply ask. Who are, the, who are the decision makers in the process? And so had I asked that question from day one, I probably would have had the job. Yes. Oh, that's a valuable lesson. My goodness. So that's so funny because um, I too learned that lesson in a similar way. Not, not as drastic, but definitely learned that lesson. And for me, now when we first have conversations with potential clients, um, potential projects that we're going to bring um, on my agency side, I let them know up front in that very first conversation, all decision makers must be on this call. Yes. I will not even have the conversation if they aren't on the call because I don't want to be negotiating with the middleman. I don't want for, you know, one person to be on board and they say, you know, I've, I've done my pitch. I've brought you everything. And then you're like, okay, well, let me go and consult with my business partner. What do you mean? Right. <laughs> 